Welcome to Bible College Curriculum for July 4th, 5th, and 6th. Readings from Kennedy Gloria Copeland. God is Healing Our Land, article by Kennedy Copeland. Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Romans 3, 3 and 4. In the New Living Translation, it says, True, some of them were unfaithful, but just because they were unfaithful, does that mean God will be unfaithful? Of course not. Even if everyone else is a liar, God is true. As the scripture says about him, you will be proved right in what you say, and you will win your case in court. Faith-filled words, that's what changes things. Faith-filled words. They move mountains into the sea. They'll turn sickness into health. They'll turn a sinner into a saint. They will also take a sin-ridden nation and turn it into God's own country. That's right. Then, if we believers would back up the prayers we've been praying for this nation with words of faith instead of doubt and discouragement, we'll soon begin to see spiritual resurrection in the United States and every country that this is prayed for. Our promise of God is that if we, his people, would humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways, he will heal our land. And let me tell you, there are prayer warriors all over this country. I hope you're one of them who are doing what the promise requires. But even so, you don't hear many people saying, this is great. God is healing the land. You don't hear people speaking out by faith. The promises of God, instead, you hear them saying, oh my gosh, oh my God, did you hear that? That's what the terrorists are doing or some other destructive thing that they've seen on television. Listen, we need to stop preaching what the terrorists are doing and start telling what God is doing. God said he is healing the land. We must start speaking about this country by faith instead of going around spouting bad news all the time. Of course, that will sound odd to most people. Some of them may even think we slip a few cogs, but that's nothing new. Let me tell you something. One handful of believers who are listening to, trusting in, and speaking out the good news of God are more powerful than all of the devils on earth. One handful of believers is more powerful than a whole army of unbelieving doomsayers. The unbelief of the doomsayers will not make the faith of God of no effect. That's why over the last 25 years, Gloria and I have learned to turn a deaf ear to the bad news and just start praising and thanking God for His deliverance. Every word of praise we speak releases faith in our heart. Every word of praise releases faith in our hearts. How about that? Did you get that? Now get determined with Gloria and me right now. Take a firm stand with us that things are changing in this country. Settle it in your heart as you pray. Speak it out. Call it forth. God is healing the land. And we're going to read a little bit of Nehemiah. 
Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15. It says that after 52 days of working, the entire wall was finished in Jerusalem after the Babylonians had knocked it to the ground. When the Israelites returned from Babylon, they fixed up by the hand of God and all the corresponding nations, all the ones that nations and the countries that were against them to rebuild were amazed at God's handiwork. He helped the nation. Amen. Like he's helping us. We're rebuilding our nations. Our next article is also by Kenny Copeland for July the 5th. Don't think like the world. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. If you think like the world thinks, eventually you will act like the world acts. Unrestrained thoughts produce unrestrained actions. So control your thoughts by bringing them into obedience to the scripture. Program your mind with the word of God. The word is spirit and it is life. When your mind is totally saturated with the word of God, you will become strong to exercise authority to overcome every ungodly thought and evil habit. Don't let Satan deceive you into sacrificing the glory of God in your life for a few moments of self-indulgence and sin. Restrain your thought life. Meditate the word instead of selfish carnal thoughts. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. And now we go to Psalms 119, 11 through 18. I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. I have recited out loud all the regulations you have given us. I have rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. Be good to your servant, that I may live and obey your word. Open my eyes to see the wonderful truth in your instructions. Amen. The Recovery Bible says, Obedience to God's word produces wholeness. It seems only logical that we should do all we can to follow it. This is a significant part of seeking God's will for us. In the Bible, God has left clear guidelines for how he expects us to live. He has also promised that he will help us to carry out his will if we only ask him. Studying and applying God's word should become a joyful experience that will implement God's truth firmly in our minds and in our hearts. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you are in our right hand and our left. Our Holy Spirit is inside of us. Thank you for making us complete in you, Lord. And we decree and declare we praise you. Even the world is going the wrong way and people are talking doomsday. 
Lord, we are just praising you and we're thanking you for the supply. We thank you, Lord God, for the peace that passes understanding in our hearts, Lord God. We thank you for that love that you pour in our hearts and it makes us winners. Winners in Christ Jesus. We are more than conquerors through Jesus who loves us and who died for us. And we plead the blood of Jesus over our lives that we are as effective as Jesus is. As Jesus is in this world, so are we. Ha, ha, ha. We laugh at the devil. Hallelujah. We are excited about the devil being defeated. The devil's under our feet. Poverty is under our feet. Sickness and disease is under our feet. It's eliminated in the house of God. And we are the temple in the house of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are sanctified, holy, more than conquerors, the family of God, sons and daughters. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. All right, now let's go ahead and read July 6th. Another article called by Kenny Copeland called Up in Smoke. <laughs> Up in Smoke. James 3, 5 and 6 says, The tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defieth the whole body, and set it on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. James 3, 5 and 6. For those Christians out there that use the word, you're killing me, it's killing me, I love her to death. That's exactly what you're calling. You're calling uh, the course of nature to cripple, to be, to fall short of his intended purpose. That's how strong our words are. That's my comment. Okay, words. Use them right and they'll move mountains. Use them wrong, and they can cause your entire life to go up in smoke. Now, now, Brother Copeland, you may say, I find it hard to believe that a major catastrophe can be caused by a few simple words. I just can't see the connection. Look again at the phrase James used, How great a matter a little fire kindle it. Have you ever lit a little few pieces of kindle wood? and set them in the fireplace beneath a stack of logs? What happened? Most likely the fire began to spread first to one log, then to another, until finally you had a great big blaze going. After it was all over, you couldn't go digging around in the ashes to find the kindling that started it all, could you? No, it would be burned. There would be no trace of it at all. The tongue is like that. It first defiles the body, then sets on fire the whole course of nature with a blaze so great that it leaves no natural trace of its origin. The words that started it and end up so deeply buried in the ashes that you'll never even know they were there. So don't ever underestimate the power of your words. I can assure you, Satan doesn't. He works constantly to get you to turn them into a negative direction. He'll fire darts of pain and sickness and discouragement at you just to get you to speak faithless words, words that will eventually send your life up in smoke. Don't let him succeed. Instead, put 
out that fire by following the instructions of Ephesians 6.16. Do as the apostle says, Paul, and above all, taking the shield of faith, wherein you should be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. They're coming out of us or the wicked. Now the Recovery Bible, New Living Testament says, James was deeply aware of the destructive power words. We all are guilty of offending others by our words or our actions. When we offend someone, we need to ask forgiveness and make amends for the wrong we have committed. This is an essential part of the recovery process. Sometimes a quite a change of behavior can be the most effective way to make amends. By treating others with respect, we can slowly rebuild the fruit we have destroyed. As we follow God's program for healthy living, we can learn to encourage instead of offend others with our words and deeds. The tongue is difficult to control, but what it does is extremely important like a rudder that steers a ship or a bit that directs a horse, our tongue does much to control our shape of our lives. Our speech may have destroyed our relationships, which caused us great pain. Our tongue may be out of control, enslaved to our destructive dependencies. If this is so, our recovery must include yielding our tongue to God's control, even when we feel powerless to control our destructive words. God can still tame our tongue as he transforms our hearts. Our words will soon begin to reflect this change. God can still tame our tongues as he transforms our hearts. Our words will soon begin to reflect this change. God can then use our words to heal our relationships and encourage others in the recovery process. So let's be aware of not saying it's killing me. I love her to death. You know, that you can use other terms and play it as a game. As your mind tries to say something wrong or something derogatory or you think it's, no, it's just words, uh, change it. You know, change it. You're living me. Man, I am living my life abundantly. Say something positive that makes the difference between tearing ourselves down, or others with destructive words. Watch our words like we watch what we eat, where, where we go. There should be a 12-step program. Words anonymous. Everybody's muted. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and read James chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. <clears throat> Please. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach would be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth, and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. 
It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire. For it is set on fire by hell itself. For it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of daily poison, deadly. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, that is not right. Thank you for coming on today's college. May the Lord bless you and keep you and fill you with his presence and joy. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Welcome to Bible College Curriculum for July 4th, 5th, and 6th. Readings from Kennedy Gloria Copeland. God is Healing Our Land, article by Kennedy Copeland. Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Romans 3, 3 and 4. In the New Living Translation, it says, True, some of them were unfaithful, but just because they were unfaithful, does that mean God will be unfaithful? Of course not. Even if everyone else is a liar, God is true. As the scripture says about him, you will be proved right in what you say, and you will win your case in court. Faith-filled words, that's what changes things. Faith-filled words. They move mountains into the sea. They'll turn sickness into health. They'll turn a sinner into a saint. They will also take a sin-ridden nation and turn it into God's own country. That's right. Then, if we believers would back up the prayers we've been praying for this nation with words of faith instead of doubt and discouragement, we'll soon begin to see spiritual resurrection in the United States and every country that this is prayed for. Our promise of God is that if we, his people, would humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways, he will heal our land. And let me tell you, there are prayer warriors all over this country. I hope you're one of them who are doing what the promise requires. But even so, you don't hear many people saying, this is great. God is healing the land. You don't hear people speaking out by faith. The promises of God, instead, you hear them saying, Oh my gosh, oh my God, did you hear that? That's what the terrorists are doing? Or some other destructive thing that they've seen on television. Listen, we need to stop preaching what the terrorists are doing and start telling what God is doing. God said he is healing the land. We must start speaking about this country by faith instead of going around spouting bad news all the time. Of course, that will sound odd to most people. Some of them may even think we slip a few cogs, but that's nothing new. Let me tell you something. One handful of believers who are listening to, trusting in, and speaking out the good news of God 
are more powerful than all of the devils on earth. One handful of believers is more powerful than a whole army of unbelieving doomsayers. The unbelief of the doomsayers will not make the faith of God of no effect. That's why over the last 25 years, Gloria and I have learned to turn a deaf ear to the bad news and just start praising and thanking God for His deliverance. Every word of praise we speak releases faith in our heart. Every word of praise releases faith in our hearts. How about that? Did you get that? Now get determined with Gloria and me right now. Take a firm stand with us that things are changing in this country. Settle it in your heart as you pray. Speak it out. Call it forth. God is healing the land. And we're going to read a little bit of Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15. It says that after 52 days of working, the entire wall was finished in Jerusalem after the Babylonians had knocked it to the ground. When the Israelites returned from Babylon, they fixed up by the hand of God and all the corresponding nations, all the ones that nations and the countries that were against them to rebuild were amazed at God's handiwork. He helped the nation. Amen. Like he's helping us. We're rebuilding our nations. Our next article is also by Kenny Copeland for July the 5th. Don't think like the world. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. If you think like the world thinks, eventually you will act like the world acts. Unrestrained thoughts produce unrestrained actions. So control your thoughts by bringing them into obedience to the scripture. Program your mind with the word of God. The word is spirit and it is life. When your mind is totally saturated with the word of God, you will become strong to exercise authority to overcome every ungodly thought and evil habit. Don't let Satan deceive you into sacrificing the glory of God in your life for a few moments of self-indulgence and sin. Restrain your thought life. Meditate the word instead of selfish carnal thoughts. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. And now we go to Psalms 119, 11 through 18. I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. I have recited out loud all the regulations you have given us. I have rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. Be good to your servant that I may live and obey your word. 
Open my eyes to see the wonderful truth in your instructions. Amen. The Recovery Bible says, Obedience to God's word produces wholeness. It seems only logical that we should do all we can to follow it. This is a significant part of seeking God's will for us. In the Bible, God has left clear guidelines for how he expects us to live. He has also promised that he will help us to carry out his will if we only ask him. Studying and applying God's word should become a joyful experience that will implement God's truth firmly in our minds and in our hearts. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you are in our right hand and our left. Our Holy Spirit is inside of us. Thank you for making us complete in you, Lord. And we decree and declare we praise you. Even the world is going the wrong way and people are talking doomsday. Lord, we are just praising you and we're thanking you for the supply. We thank you, Lord God, for the peace that passes understanding in our hearts, Lord God. We thank you for that love that you pour in our hearts and it makes us winners. Winners in Christ Jesus. We are more than conquerors through Jesus who loves us and who died for us. And we plead the blood of Jesus over our lives that we are as effective as Jesus is. As Jesus is in this world, so are we. Ha, ha, ha. We laugh at the devil. Hallelujah. We are excited about the devil being defeated. The devil's under our feet. Poverty is under our feet. Sickness and disease is under our feet. It's eliminated in the house of God. And we are the temple in the house of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are sanctified, holy, more than conquerors, the family of God, sons and daughters. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. All right, now let's go ahead and read July 6th. Another article called by Kenny Copeland called Up in Smoke. <laughs> Up in Smoke. James 3, 5 and 6 says, The tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defieth the whole body, and set it on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. James 3, 5 and 6. For those Christians out there that use the word, you're killing me, it's killing me, I love her to death. That's exactly what you're calling. You're calling uh, the course of nature to cripple, to be, to fall short of his intended purpose. That's how strong our words are. That's my comment. Okay, words. Use them right and they'll move mountains. Use them wrong, and they can cause your entire life to go up in smoke. Now, now, Brother Copeland, you may say, I find it hard to believe that a major catastrophe can be caused by a few simple words. I just can't see the connection. Look again at the phrase James used, How great a matter a little fire kindle it. Have you ever lit a little few pieces of kindle wood? and set them in the fireplace beneath a stack of logs? What happened? 
Most likely the fire began to spread first to one log, then to another, until finally you had a great big blaze going. After it was all over, you couldn't go digging around in the ashes to find the kindling that started it all, could you? No, it would be burned. There would be no trace of it at all. The tongue is like that. It first defiles the body, then sets on fire the whole course of nature with a blaze so great that it leaves no natural trace of its origin. The words that started it and end up so deeply buried in the ashes that you'll never even know they were there. So don't ever underestimate the power of your words. I can assure you, Satan doesn't. He works constantly to get you to turn them into a negative direction. He'll fire darts of pain and sickness and discouragement at you just to get you to speak faithless words, words that will eventually send your life up in smoke. Don't let him succeed. Instead, put out that fire by following the instructions of Ephesians 6.16. Do as the apostle says, Paul, and above all, taking the shield of faith, wherein you should be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. They're coming out of us or the wicked. Now the Recovery Bible, New Living Testament says, James was deeply aware of the destructive power words. We are guilty of offending others by our words or our actions. When we offend someone, we need to ask forgiveness and make amends for the wrong we have committed. This is an essential part of the recovery process. Sometimes a quite a change of behavior can be the most effective way to make amends. By treating others with respect, we can slowly rebuild the fruit we have destroyed. As we follow God's program for healthy living, we can learn to encourage instead of offend others with our words and deeds. The tongue is difficult to control, but what it does is extremely important, like a rudder that steers a ship or a bit that directs a horse. Our tongue does much to control our shape of our lives. Our speech may have destroyed our relationships, which caused us great pain. Our tongue may be out of control, enslaved to our destructive dependencies. If this is so, our recovery must include yielding our tongue to God's control, even when we feel powerless to control our destructive words. God can still tame our tongue as he transforms our hearts. Our words will soon begin to reflect this change. God can still tame our tongues as he transforms our hearts. Our words will soon begin to reflect this change. God can then use our words to heal our relationships and encourage others in the recovery process. So let's be aware of not saying, it's killing me, I love her to death. You know, that you can use other terms and play it as a game as your mind tries to say something wrong or something derogatory or you think it's, no, it's just words. Uh, change it, you know, change it. You're living me. Man, I am living my life abundantly. Say something positive that makes the difference between tearing ourselves down or others with destructive words. 
Watch our words like we watch what we eat, where, where we go. There should be a 12-step program. Words anonymous. Everybody's muted. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and read James chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. <clears throat> Please. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church for we who teach would be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth, and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire. For it is set on fire by hell itself. For it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of daily poison, deadly. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, that is not right. Thank you for coming on today's college. May the Lord bless you and keep you and fill you with his presence and joy. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.